Would you stand with us this evening? With your majesty here, I fall to my knees. I love you endlessly. With the beauty of your son, I find myself undone. I love you endlessly. Savior of my soul, lover of my life.
Give him praise. Well, good evening. Good evening, good evening. What a lovely crowd this evening. It's great to see you all. We are all here, ready to celebrate and have church tonight. I trust that you're all preparing for the weather. I'm sure you're all going to the store as soon as we get done to get bread and milk and all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, I'm just joking. Anyhow, it's great to see you all here this evening, especially if you're visiting with us, maybe for the first time, second time, third time. We're just happy that you're here. We do have a special, special service tonight. Pastor Cameron is going to be speaking tonight for us, which is going to be wonderful. Our awesome, awesome youth pastor. And also, right after service, going to his house is the youth group. So if you're uh, junior high, high school, college age, you're invited to go and hang out at his house, grab some food and show up over there. If you need any more directions, you can talk to Pastor Cam. But with that being said, we are going to get out. We're going to give some handshakes, high fives, hug necks, holler across the room, whatever you want to do to welcome each other here to church tonight. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me.
the Lord has done in me. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name. We worship you in spirit and truth. Hallowed be thy name. My soul bursts with praise. The same spirit that dwells in me is of
here just by chance tonight. We've come on purpose. We've come with a mission. We've come to worship the one who's worthy. The name above all names, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We've worshiped tonight with song. And now as our ushers are coming to assist us, we're going to honor him with our giving. Let's pray. Lord, we've come tonight on purpose. We've come because we love you. We desire to be in your presence, and we know that you are worthy to be praised. We honor you now with our giving. Lord, we invest in your kingdom because we believe in you and the mission that you came for. We wish to reach the lost in the time that we have. Lord, so it's our prayer that you would bless this offering, that it would meet the needs of those that you've called to carry forth this mission in this time. Lord, I ask that you would bless the giver and each and every person that's out in the harvest field, Lord, doing their best to bring in the harvest. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, and we ask that you would have your way amongst us. In the name of your precious son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Because we're changing um, the CDs out because they run back to back, and so the sound man needs a little help. And you know what? We don't want to miss the glory. You want to make sure that you are secured in the glory, okay? You want to make sure that you know where you're going and who you're going with and who you're going to see, okay? And how you're going to feel. You know all those grandmas and grandpas are going to be very young and in their youth and in the prime of their life. So don't miss the glory, all right? Good. Are we ready, Doug? Very good. This next song, I want, don't want to leave without this. We're going to sing a number now that's called Under God. And it is a reminder to all of us that when our forefathers in the 1600s came over here, they were looking for religious freedom. And today, in 2015, we are experiencing a little bit of something that's not exactly religious freedom. It's for a few people, but maybe not all people. So, our nation was founded under God. Don't ever forget that. I don't care how old you are, where you sit, where you stand, what school you go to, or where you work, or if you're helping your neighbors out. We are one nation under God, and his name is Jehovah God. All right? Very good. Enjoy this song, and, and let the words just come down deep into your heart. We are a nation under God. Thank you.
Amen. Thank you. Voices of Psalm 95. Are you privileged? Are you honored and proud of them tonight? Singing the glory down about our country. I want you to stand with me if you would. You know, they're singing something that is vital and essential to our country's well-being. We were founded upon, just like the church was founded upon a rock, the United States was founded on Plymouth Rock. We were founded on the rock, Christ Jesus. We are very, very adamant in our Sunday morning services. We now take time in every Sunday morning service to pray for the state of Israel, to lift her up and to seek her good. Before Cameron comes to speak tonight, I wanted the opportunity for us to pray for the United States of America, to take just a moment in this service to honor God and to ask him to continue to bless. How many of you know America is still blessed? As long as I'm here and you're here, God's people are here, we're blessed. But our people, our, our leaders and our, our population, they need help. They need God. How many of you know they're looking to us and we have the answer? We have the answer. I want you in this service to acknowledge and let's pray for the United States of America. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we ask you to minister to our, our soldiers, our military. God, comfort them and keep them safe. Lord, our folks that are overseas and people and amba ambassadors that are in United States embassies, we ask you to keep your hand on them. Our workers, Lord, that nearly fill every country where we're assisting and helping others, where God's still a people that cares about the world, I ask you to keep all of our people safe, no matter what lands they're residing in right now. But we also ask you to protect our borders, to protect the people of the United States of America. God, we ask you to put a hedge of protection around us. Let the work of God and the power of God's kingdom work be done in this great nation. I pray that you will bless and touch our leaders, give them wisdom. Lord, I rebuke the enemies of the world that would try to destroy us. And I ask God that you would keep us safe. We trust you. We lean hard upon you. And we know that somehow in all of the future events, Lord, there'll still be a people that'll always lift up your name and honor you in this great nation. Touch us tonight. Keep us by your holy spirit. We'll never fail to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. want to recognize Pastor Perry. We want to thank you for being with us. Would you stand? I want the people to see who you are. This is Karen's father, and we're delighted that he is visiting with us on a Sunday night. This gentleman, he has pastored in our state, and he's been serving in ministry now is serving at the believe the crestview church of god and we're so delighted to have you visiting with us tonight thank you for being here and now i get the privilege to introduce a young man that i believe god has his hand on i knew him 10 years ago and he worked with me in ministry and he came to us this last year him and whitney presley blakely came to us to be our youth pastors and i believe he's done a terrific and wonderful fantastic job and i want you to help us thank him as he comes to minister the word of god tonight amen 
I was thinking of that scripture as they sang that. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, right? It says, and in due time, he'll lift you up. So the blessing is not just to be. The blessing is to be under, right? It's to be under God's precious, mighty, holy hand. And that's what I pray for our country. I think that that's interesting that they sang that song tonight, too, because I just am in just a, an attitude tonight. I'm in a disposition, a place of prayer where I just don't want to sit and just let things be. I'm kind of in one of those aggressive modes tonight of prayer. I'm in those aggressive modes for my family, for this ministry that God's given us, our church, and all of us today. I believe with all of my heart that we cannot just sit and be still sometimes. There come some moments and there come some times where we need to stand up and we need to set our course to fight and not just wait. We need to set our course to possess and not just hope, or I should say wish. I get that mixed up. Wish but instead to set our course to fight for something and not just to sit and be still and wish that it comes to pass tonight. I want you to stand. I know you've been standing. Stand one more time with me. And I want to read. I'm so sorry. That's just calisthenics. It's a part of Pentecostal churches everywhere. We stay in good shape doing that um, by the calisthenics there. I'm going to use this this today, just pure. I want you to go with me, if you would, Isaiah chapter 40. And I want you to grab a, a few, actually I want you to grab Isaiah 40 and I want you to also grab Genesis chapter 25. And as you're doing this, this will be the last time you'll have to stand up for a while, for just a few minutes. So as you go there, Isaiah chapter 40 and Genesis chapter 25. I want to thank you and always consistently tell you this from the bottom of our hearts, me and my wives, that we absolutely adore and love this church. I've been to a lot of churches and been around, been a part of one church before and been able to minister in, in many other churches. And I absolutely love this pastor and I love this church and I love these people. And it's been an honor to introduce my wife and my two kids who are the most important thing to me besides my relationship with Christ to old friends and new friends and how you've welcomed them and loved us. I appreciate that very much. And we are very thankful to be a part of what God is up to. Not what God has done with, but what God is up to right now. A hundred years is a great thing to celebrate. It's something to have a great testimony for, but it's a testimony that we're moving forward. Let me tell you, a lot of churches come and a lot of fads start and come and go, but Stratford Heights has been here for 100 years proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in Middletown, and I'm glad and proud to be a part of that. Not in a proud, prideful uh, uh flesh carnal type way but just a, a worshipful type way a thanks a thankful type way today I want you to read with me in Isaiah chapter 40 starting in verse 28 and I'm going to read through verse 31 and then I'm going to go to Genesis 25 verse 21 through 23 it says do you not know have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But it says, but those who hope in the Lord, the King James says those who wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. Hear that tonight. I just, that just hit me right there. They will run. They will do the work of God and be refreshed. They will love God and worship God and believe in Him and trust in Him and God will refresh us. We won't go weary in well-doing, but instead we'll continue in that knowing that our harvest is to come and God's going to bring that. But it says, and they will walk and not be faint. Now go with me really quick to Genesis 25. In verse 21 through 23, it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. And the babies jostled each other within her. And she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord, I want you to note that, the Lord said to her, the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And the older will serve will serve the younger. Pray with me. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your precious word. We thank you, God, for all of the times that as we've read this word and we've heard this word preached and taught, you've brought it to application in our life. So many times that we know all of this is, is relevant to us and all of your word, God, can be applied. But there's been moments where we've went through trials and tribulation and your word, by the power of your spirit, you've quickened it to us. You've attached it to us. And God, we stand upon those promises. We remember those. We're thankful for those. And I pray tonight it might be like that, that there might be a glow by your Holy Ghost and by your power, that your word might attach itself, God, to your people today. We might leave here refreshed. We might leave here encouraged. We might leave here never the same ever again because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our God lives and that he's faithful and he's true and he is certainly coming again one day. We thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Be seated with me if you will today. I uh I have enjoyed the cold weather and the snow. I really have, okay? I've really enjoyed that. I'm not, not used to this, but I'm ready for spring. Uh, Audrey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to mow my grass again. And then I hear that there is a blizzard coming. Tonight, Richard stands up and praises God. Or, or anyway, Richard's thankful for that. But I think I'm ready for sunshine and some warmth. I just feel like that. Anybody feel that in your heart tonight? Anybody at all? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I, I have been kind of caught up in the thought. I use the New International Version to, to share my scripture tonight, but I was thinking and have been thinking um, about the word wait. And I've been thinking about what the word wait means, in particular as it applies in Isaiah chapter 40. I've been praying for this night and praying for you and praying for what God would desire to happen in us tonight and through us tonight. And the Lord keeps taking me back to Genesis chapter 27. And there's something there that I know that God wanted to get across to us and speak to us. Or at least I felt in my heart, I felt like there was something that God wanted to bring to us tonight. And I kept looking at that, and there's something that I want to pull out from there as God enables us. But he took me to Isaiah chapter 40 to attach as I began to prepare and put together the message last night and today. He took me to Isaiah chapter 40, and it says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When we hear the word wait, when we hear the word wait, I don't know about you, but I think about doctor's offices. 
I think about, when I think about weight, I think about when it's time to go somewhere and you have somebody that's with you, not my wife because she gets, she gets ready quick and on time, but you're waiting on somebody to get ready so you can get in the car. When we think about waiting, we think about all kinds of different scenarios where we're basically sitting down and waiting on our name to be called. We're waiting tonight for the snow to come and we're just eager for that and we just can't hardly wait for that. We, we think of the word wait and we think that in some way, shape or form, the application of that is to simply sit down and to be still and to wait. But I don't think that that's totally what the context of Isaiah chapter 40 was speaking. I don't think when it says that, that we're to wait upon the Lord, that means that we just sit still. Now listen, it does mean, and I know that there are times in our lives where the Lord tells us to be still and know that he's God and we need to be still and trust him to bring into our life what he has. But there's also some times when God has spoken some things to us. There's also some times where God has spoken some things over us. And there's also some times where maybe we don't even know it yet. And tonight might be one of those eye-opening nights. Or, or, or maybe there's some things that God has, has wants to accomplish in our life that, that we haven't come to in the Word. And we haven't studied it out. And it hasn't gleaned to us yet in our life. But there's some things that God wants to accomplish in our lives. There's some promises that God has given us. There's some things that God has established. There's some things that God's spoken about my life. And there's some things that God has spoken about my family's life. And there's some things that have been spoken about this church. And some things that have been spoken about our youth group. And, and all of those types of things. We think about those precious promises that God has brought to us. Now we know, and as I pray, that the Word of God is all relevant to us, and we know that we apply it in all of our life, whether God has come to us and the Holy Spirit has really brought it fresh to us, we can read it in His Word and know that it needs to be a part of our life. We don't need that. But there's some times where we go through situations, and God, by His Holy Spirit, brings precious promises into our heart that apply to our day, that apply to our week, that apply to our year, that apply to our marriage that apply to our life, that apply to our schoolwork, that apply to our present, that apply to our future, some precious promises that God himself has brought to us. And I think about those, and so many times, so many times as God speaks that power over us, and God speaks that truth over us, and God speaks that grace over us, sometimes we get in a wait mode. Sometimes we get into a, restaurant mode where we're waiting to be seated we're waiting on something to come to us we're waiting on something one day to just show up out of the blue we're waiting on uh, I get this in my mind as I was praying I, I think of the, the, the snorks and the, you know, I used to watch this old Disney movie and they would drop something down. They would bring a baby down and we just kind of wait for something just to kind of fall down on us. And there are times where God needs to do it and we just need to be still. But there's also some times where we need to be a little bit aggressive about this. There's also some times where we need to go and we need to pursue a promise that God has given us. We need to, we need to be aggressive about what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do and the promise of God that's over our life. There are times where we need to stop sitting and we need to start fighting. There's some times where we need to stop waiting in, in the, the aspect of just hoping that one day something's going to fall into our lap and we need to get out and we need to pull our sword out and we need to go on the offensive and start invading the enemy's territory. What I got to this morning, every morning, just a, a small shift in my life I've been doing over the last few weeks that's changed me and changed my life really 
is instead of rolling out of bed and wiping the crust out of my eyes and watching the news channel or, or checking for us younger people, our phones for who might have posted what last night. When I roll out of bed, I get on my knee and I say the Lord's Prayer. Just a little small shift in my day has made a dramatic difference in my life and the lives of those that are around me. Just that small shift. And I pray, I say, Our Father, which art in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name. And I don't do it as ritual. I do it to connect with God. Pastor teaches about that prayer life. And this morning, as I did that, I rolled out of bed. Sometimes it's harder than other days when it's four degrees outside like this morning. It might be a little harder, but I rolled out of bed. I got on my knee and I said, Our Father, which art in heaven. And I, I, that part touches me. I just get to that. Thank you, Father. And anyway, I'll, I'll spare that message for another day. But I got to Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. And I said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I couldn't get past it. And I went back and I said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I got to thinking about that. I kept praying that. And I'm telling you, the Lord began to just, just fire me up. He began to touch me. You know, when we pray that, it's not, it's not inviting God to do that, right? You know, God's kingdom is eternal. God's going to move and God's going to do what that is. That's not getting God right. That's getting me right. That's getting my mind and my heart where it needs to be. That's me praying it so that it'll be established in my heart that I can be a part of it. So you know what I did? I just kept coming back to that. I kept praying that. Lord, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my heart, in my mind, in my hands, in my home, in my marriage, in my children. God, as it is on earth, as it is, I just kept praying that, getting that established in my heart and in my mind. And the Lord began to empower me and the Lord began to strengthen me if that's my prayer and that's what I want and I'm the one getting fixed it's not God getting fixed when I pray that or, or that's stirring God up that's stirring me up to get on board with that then maybe there's some things that I need to take the initiative about in my life maybe there's some things I need to stop waiting on and I need to start moving towards maybe there's some promises that that I know we heard something similar to this from our bishop a few weeks ago but maybe there's some things in our life that I need to start going on the offensive to make sure that they'll happen. And he took me to this scripture. He took me to this story that I wanted to share with you. You know full well that Abraham was one of those that got a promise from God. It was established. He told him that his wife would have a baby even though she was well up in age. And it seemed impossible to the normal eye or to the, the, the carnal eye. But, but he believed God. God credited it to him as righteousness. He was called a friend of God, but, but he needed to wait and be still, right? He needed to wait and be still, but he didn't. Sarah came to him with this plan to, to accelerate the thing of God, right? To make it happen. And so they went ahead and did this. And, and we know that, that Ishmael came about before Isaac was born. And, and if you study this out and know anything, we're still dealing with that conflict today because they went ahead of God and tried to make it happen instead of waiting upon the Lord. We know that that's a very true scenario that we need to be still and we need to wait on God and we need to make that happen and not try to force things to happen on our own strength. But I do believe there is something to be said. There is something to be said about putting ourselves in position, putting ourselves in position for the promise to be fulfilled in our life and not letting that promise come and go 
and not allowing the things that God has spoken over us and over our marriages and over our church to come. I'm going to tell you lots of churches start out with a great promise and people forget about what God said. People treat it as lax. People forget. They don't write it down. They don't record it. And they don't wage war according to that. And when they don't do that, sometimes the promise of God comes. And sometimes they miss out on the promise of God. Not because God is lack. And not because God is missing out on His strength or His power. Or somehow, some way, He's changed who He is. Over time, it's because we've changed. It's because we've shifted. It's because we did not acknowledge what God was doing and get a part of that or become a part of that. And tonight... We see this at work when we look at the children of Israel at the Red Sea. We see this this scenario playing out. You remember, right? God delivered them and God brought them out and He was taking them into the promise. He brought them out of Israel and they were going into a promised land. It was something that God had spoken, God had said would be. And here they come. The Dead Sea, or excuse me, the Red Sea is in front of them and their enemy is behind them. And you know the story if you read your Bible. The Bible says this. You may not have ever picked up on this, but Moses stands up and he begins to preach. Be still. See the salvation of God today. You'll see these Egyptians. You won't see. I mean, he begins to stand up and he's just pointing out an eight-point sermon, right? He is just encouraging the people. And and he's just up here and he's, you know, I'm sure he was up there just doing his thing. And and what does God say? You, You can see this. When you read it, God says, he says, hey, he says, stop crying out to me. He said, stop. He said, move on. Tell the people to move on. Stop talking. Stop trying to, whatever he was trying to do, he said, move on into the promise. Even though they weren't able to see it come to pass. And even though they weren't able to see what seemed impossible, the Red Sea in front of them, where they needed to be was through that, where they had been was behind them. The, uh, uh, God said, he told Moses, he said, basically, be quiet and tell the people to move on. And Moses, we know the story, he reached out his staff and, and the, the Red Sea parted and the people of God went through and ultimately their enemy was wiped out that day. But I want to point out something to you, a phrase in there that's very important. He said, move. He said, move. It was an action. It wasn't something where they needed to wait and hope that the snorks dropped something from heaven or that something supernatural might happen as they just waited there and they all got in a circle and they crossed their legs. There was, there was an action phrase that was there that needed to happen or possibly, I don't know, God could have did it any way he wanted to do. I know that God is faithful and God doesn't need us to bring about his promises, but he commanded them. He said, move, tell the people to do that. And as they moved, that Red Sea began to part and the promise that seemed like it was failed and the promise that seemed like it would never come to pass all of a sudden they got fresh hope and they got fresh light and they got fresh power because something supernatural happened as they moved something powerful happened as they moved forward they took that waiting scripture those that wait upon the Lord those that hope in the Lord it was more than a waiting room it was more than just asking something to happen wishing upon a star it was sure it was an action it was aggressive And I went to the scripture. Excuse me, that got loud there. The Lord took me to this Genesis chapter 27, which I wanted to bring out tonight. I know I took you to Genesis chapter 25 to remind you of a promise that he gave to Rebecca that wasn't just to Rebecca, it was for all those that were far off, really. But he gave this tremendous promise to her when he told her, 
that two nations are wrestling in your belly. She was uncomfortable because there were twins in her belly and they were wrestling, they were jostling. And this disturbed her so much so that she sought, she inquired of God. She went, tried to find an answer why this was happening. And God spoke to her and told her this, as we read earlier, that two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve will serve the younger. This is something that she took to heart. As we look in Genesis chapter 27, it's a story that maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not. Scripture tells us that as they grew, Jacob and Esau were the twins that were jostling in her belly. Isaac being the father, Rebekah the mother. Scripture tells us that Isaac took more to Esau and that Rebekah took to Jacob. Jacob was more he'd stay in, and Esau was more of somebody that would go out and hunt. He would be, do more manly things, I guess, as some might define that. But they were close, and Rebekah and Jacob were close, and they drew close. But in Genesis chapter 27, Isaac is coming to the end of his life. So I don't know how many years had passed. I'm not real sure. Since she heard what God had said, I'm not real sure. But it was sure that she recorded it. It was sure that it was important to her. It was sure something that was valuable to her because we see in the next scripture, we see that Isaac, or as we read in Genesis chapter 27, we see that Isaac, either he didn't remember, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Rebecca didn't tell Isaac about the promise that was spoken to her. I don't know if if he told her and it wasn't important to him. I don't know if he had forgotten. I don't know if he was older. I'm not real sure what had happened, but 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 Isaac was ready to, to die. He had said that. He told his son, his oldest son, Esau, He said, go out and kill something, bring it back to me and make this precious, this good stew and I'm going to give you my blessing. And then after that, I'm going to die. Basically, he was ready to to go on about it. So I don't know if he didn't remember that the blessing belonged to Jacob. I'm not real sure how that totally works out and I'm not quite smart enough to figure all of that out. But I do know this, it is important when God speaks to take note of it. It's important when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he touches us with something, that we don't just treat it as a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. We get in our car and we go home and we never remember what God was trying to say or do. I'm so thankful for this church. I know in our bulletin when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, when the gifts of the Spirit begin to move and, and there's an interpretation, it's recorded and it's, it's written down, which is a tremendous ministry. At Whitney's Church, they do that. A guy has thousands of messages in tongues and he records all of them and he makes sure that the church remembers those and it touches me. And I think that's so biblical that we remember that. It's not just so we can feel better, right? It's so we can be better. Right, So we can walk in His blessings, so that we can walk in His will, that we can stay under, humble ourselves under His mighty hand and not just lean to our own understanding. I thought it was beautiful. A while back, the pastor brought me up here and prayed for me, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit using him, and he spoke something to me that was so awesome and so incredible, and they recorded it. And, and Jerry Martin, he went and, and wrote it down actually for me and put it in a, in a, in a, a frame and I have it in my office today. And a lot of times I'll go and look at that if I'm discouraged, if I don't know what I'm going to do, if I'm battling a teenager, if I'm battling the devil or whatever it is I'm battling that day. Sometimes I'll look at it and I'll just remember what God had said. And I wage war according to what God has said. 
But I cannot wage war according to God has said if I don't remember. If it wasn't important to me. Now I'm not going to jump Isaac's case in this circumstance. I'm not going to get on him because I don't know the whole story. So you can just go with me. I'm going to be careful not to make the story what I want it to be. But it was obvious that he did not know. It was obvious that it was not important to him. It, it, it did not sink into him that Jacob was the one that the, 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 the older would serve the younger. But Rebecca remembered. This story is a story that, that is really a story about Rebecca. And all day long, I have tried. I know that we can villainize her. Rebecca did something, if you don't know the story, as Esau went out to hunt this game and to bring it back to get the blessing from his father. In those days, someone like Isaac blessed you and put his hand on you, then it was binding. It was something that was going to happen. When he said it, he couldn't even bring it back as we read in Genesis chapter 27. It was so powerful and binding and godly that it was going to come to pass. And Esau went out ready to hunt that game and ready to bring that back to his father and get that blessing. But Rebecca heard that that was going to happen and she intervened. Now let me tell you what happens here and then I'm going to tell you what about Rebecca I like and what about Rebecca we need to learn from and what about Rebecca I think is over this church right now and over my heart and my life and my, this youth ministry that's here tonight. But Rebecca, instead of waiting on God, or anyway, I'm just going to tell you this story. I'm going to tell you this story exactly like it happens. Rebecca grows and grabs Jacob and she says, come here, boy. She drags him in there and she says, I need you to do something. She said, I need you to go and kill two goats and bring it back. And then basically she gets him. She tells him that we're going to put those goat skins on your neck and we're going to put those goat skins on your arm and we're going to make sure and put you in Esau's clothes and we're going to do all of this and you're going to take that stew to your dad. And Jacob was a little bit unwilling. He said, man, if he recognizes that it's me, then there's a curse that's going to come down on me. But Rebecca said, that's fine. Let the curse come on me. This is what we're going to do. So she set that up. She killed the goats and she made this stew and put the goat skins because Esau was very hairy and Jacob wasn't. I'm just telling you. And so they put Esau's clothes on Jacob and, and Jacob, here he comes. His father was old and blind and really not in a place where he could recognize his sons. And, and there's, there's three things that happen there. There's three things that happen. First of all, Isaac, he says, uh, he challenges his voice and he says, that's really funny because you sound like Jacob, but you're Esau. Jacob says, yes, I'm Esau. And he says, well, come here then. So when he came close, Isaac reached out and grabbed his arm. And he said, well, he said, you, you feel like Esau. And then you see it again. He also does another little test here. He calls him closer to him and he hugs him. And he says, the smell of your clothes is Esau too. And so at that point, he's convinced that this has to be Esau. He eats of the, the stew and then he puts his blessing. He pronounces his blessing, this, this tremendous blessing, this God-binding blessing. He puts his hand upon uh, Jacob and he gives him this blessing not to be returned. And he walks out and all of these things play out. Rebecca, she kind of has her way there. And we think about how they went about it. We think about how Rebecca went about getting this blessing. We think 
that God started something so long ago when her sons were born. We think that that was, I believe it wasn't just God saying that this is going to happen one day. I think that this was God's will. This was God's desire. And I think Rebecca knew that. I think Rebecca prayed about that. She kept him closer to him, not just because he was in the tents, not just because of that, but there was something special that she believed about him and she kept him close to her, I believe. And so when this opportunity came and when it looked like the promise of God was slipping away, when it looked like something was going to change and it looked like everything was lost and, and all that she had heard and all that she had tried for all of her life, all of her life was going to slip away. She made a choice. She made a decision. She went into action. And let me tell you something. The way she went about it was deceptive. The way she went about it was not godly. The way she went about it, she paid for. Scripture tells us after that day, she never saw Jacob again the rest of her life. He had to flee for fear of Esau. Scripture also tells us that, that because of this action of deceit, that it must have taught something or Jacob something was wrong in him, that he was deceitful. We know that even from, from his name, where we derive his name, that he was deceitful in some way. Something was wrong in his spirit that needed to be fixed, that we see gets fixed when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. You remember that, right? He wrestled with him all night long and, and refused to let, him, to let the angel let him go until he blessed him. And he walked away with a limp and his name changed from that day forward. It was fixed. But, but Jacob went through some difficult times because of that choice that was made that day. I recognize that. We can't get to the blessings of God by deceit. We can't cut corners. We can't cut character corners. And we can't lie our way into God's blessings or lie our way into being used by God or, or looking good for God. We can't do that. I recognize that. We can't deceive that. I don't point that out and I don't honor that in Rebecca. But there is something about her spirit and her attitude that I honor. She was unwilling. She was unwilling to let it go. She was unwilling for the promise of God. You know, there's something about Sarah's spirit and there's something about some others that we read about that we see that, that you know, they, they were just, they were out of line. You know, it was wrong. The spirit was wrong in which they were. But, but I looked to her and I, I found myself, I know that she was wrong and I know that, but I looked to her almost today. I almost looked to her in a, and what she did, and just, I almost am envious of her desire to refuse to, to let it go. I'm almost envious that when things weren't going her way, instead of saying, well, maybe it'll happen in my kid's lifetime. Maybe it'll happen in my kid's kid's lifetime, or maybe it'll happen sometime, and you know, sometimes the promise of God, the powerful things of God that he wants to establish in our life. I just feel like with all of our, my heart tonight that there was something in Rebecca that refused to let it go. And I wonder tonight if we aren't a people that refuse to let it go. I wonder, I wonder if heartbreak doesn't stop us. Instead, it enables us. I wonder if closed doors, instead of causing them to cause us to sit down and quit, instead close what seem like closed doors 
Instead, they motivate us. Instead, they encourage us. Instead, it looks like, when I say closed doors, I don't, I'm not talking about God just closing doors. I, I mean when things come up that we thought were going to happen and we were sure they were going to happen and all of a sudden it didn't happen and we sit there brokenhearted and we sit there confused and some of us give up and quit and some of us forget about the promise of God. Some of us forget about the power of God. Some of us forget about the voice of God and the strength of God that came into that room that night and set you apart for a holy cause. We forget about all of that because we are so focused on how we feel. I wonder if in our brokenness we don't quit. I wonder, I wonder when we get to the place where it looks like everybody's bowing out and there's a promise that God has for us and people are walking away and, and, and Grandpa has spoke this over us and all of these people have brought this to us and it just seems like it's not coming about. But instead of giving up, instead of changing plans and changing direction, we keep the course because we believe that God wants to bring it to pass. I wonder, I wonder if there's a, a people tonight that refuse, that refuse to let it go, that refuse to accept it. I wonder if they can recognize that there's a time to be still and know that he's a God and there's a time to get up and work. There's a time to be about the Father's business. There's a time to keep going. There's a time to love people that are hurting and broken. There's a time to get our focus off of us and on the plan of God. There's a time to all of a sudden for something to shift in our life and for us to, to come back to the place and said, well, it didn't happen that way, but God said it's going to happen. I trust God. I believe God. He can do it. He'll perform it. I've been captured by this phrase that they use in Oasis. I believe God gave it to Pastor Ray a long time ago in Oasis. I saw it the other day flipping through some papers and it says this. It says, invading the enemy's territory. Invading the enemy's territory. I think about how so many times in our relationship with God, we get scared, we get afraid, we don't want the pain, and so we get into maintenance mode, right? We just want to protect what we have. We want to control and protect. Man, my kids, I just want to protect them. I want to protect them, right? Ministry, whatever it is, my heart, my life, my job, I just want to protect. I just want to maintain, keep what I have. But I wonder, as we move into this hundredth year, and I wonder, and when I say we, that means us, right? You're a part of an incredible church. It's all of us. It's not Pastor Ray's hundredth year or Gary's. We know he's been here a hundred years, but it's not his hundredth year. I'm just kidding. I had to do that. Sorry. He'll pay me back for that later. I'm sure. It's not our, or it's not their hundredth year. It's ours, right? That means we're part of something incredible. But I wonder as we think about that, as we think about invading the enemy's territory, we get into that maintenance mode but I wonder if it's not time for us to start invading his territory. I wonder if it's not time for us to go on the offensive. I wonder if it's not time for us to get up from where we are and to begin to attack to get to where we need to be. I wonder if there's some of us that are not, or I wonder if there's some of us that are willing to, to take that ground. I wonder if there's some of us that are, are willing to act. Becca, Rebecca saw a closing to the promise I do not endorse what she did, but she refused to let it go. She paid the price for not going about it in the right way. But how many of us will leap into action if it even looks like, if it even looks like it's going to come and go and God's not going to do it or, or, or man might interfere or try to interfere with us. The example of how is not to follow, but the example of why we should. 
Is there anybody here tonight who refused to let it go? Some of us tonight, the enemy wants to tell us that heroin is going to take over our city. Let it go. There's some of us that are here tonight that the enemy would say, your marriage is hopeless. Let it go. There's some of us that are hearing in our ear and maybe our heart that our children are hopeless. Let it go. There's some of us that God's spoken things about our children to us and they're not seen right now and the enemy is saying right here to us, let it go. There's things that are over our church and over your life. There's some things about your job and some, some promises God has given you in the workplace and about businesses. And it may not be happening in due time. It may not be happening like you think or happening right now. And the enemy's in your ear and he's saying, let it go. It could be anything that's here today. It could be a church it could be a, a pastor. It could be a promise. It could be any of those things. And the enemy's in your ears saying, let it go. Just, just let what's going to happen, happen. It's okay. Be okay with that. Well, I just came to tell the devil I'm not okay with that. And I'm never going to be okay. I'm never going to be okay with that. I'm never going to be okay with, with his verdict and with his testimony and what he says. Because we know when he speaks, he cannot speak the truth. When he speaks, he tells a lie. If he tells me to let it go, what that tells me is I need to grab a hold of that thing. I need to plan for it. I need to put some, some seed in the ground, so to speak. I need to, to do whatever it is that I can to put myself, my family, my, my dreams, whatever it is, in position for God to move and to touch and to bless. Stand to your feet with me tonight, if you will. Let it go. Just let it be. Let what's going to be, be. Not me. God didn't pick me out of a pit, raise me up to just let what's going to be, be. He didn't grab me out of the place I was just so I can have the American dream. Just so I can have a pretty wife and Beautiful girls and, and, a, and a nice house, right? That's all great. I never was aiming for those things. I was aiming for him because he aimed for me. He's blessed me and taken care of us. But he didn't grab you and he didn't grab me to settle. He didn't grab us to just go about business and, hey, maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. There's some of us, I just feel the Lord even right now, some of us were wavering. God's put a call on us and put a call on our life, and we don't even know if it's the right thing. We're, we're, we're jostling all different ways. I'm not even sure. I tried this, and it didn't work, so I don't know where it's at. I wonder if there isn't something in you that just refuses, refuses. I love what the Scripture says. He says, I'm not apprehended this. I'm not taking hold of this. I'm not taking hold of this, but that for which Christ took hold of me that for which Christ took hold of me, I'm going to take hold of that. 
says that there's a reason that he grabbed hold of me. And Paul, the apostle Paul said that I'm going to make sure that the very reason he took hold of me is going to happen in my life. He even went so far to say, I'll beat my body into subjection. I'll, I'll make sure that I'm living a life that God gets glory. God gets praise that what he desires to happen will happen in my life. Bow your head and close your eyes with me. I believe that this is a church that refuses to let, let it go. I, I believe that this is a church that's resilient and that no matter what has happened, that no matter the, the deceit, no matter what the enemy has thrown at us, we keep going and we keep marching and we keep worshiping, we keep praising, we keep thanking God, we keep believing even when we shouldn't and everything is against us. We keep believing in God. I'm going to tell you today that there's an anointing over our church and there's an anointing over our families and we need to hang on to that. We need to hold and wage war according to that and know that God is for us and if God is for us then who or what can be against us tonight in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus this is what Matthew 9 chapter or Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 and 38 say it says then he said to his disciples he said the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few he said ask the Lord of the harvest ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. What God is praying there is He's not saying that I can't do it. What He's saying is the harvest is plentiful. It's there. But what I need are people that are resilient, that want to work. What I'm praying for is people that desire to do the work. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Actually, you know, this is what I want to do today if we can. Pastor, could you come and stand right here for us tonight? Would you do that? I didn't ask him to do this and he can fire me tomorrow if he doesn't like this. Okay, But we are in the midst of a huge, huge moment in our church's history. We're about to, the God's about to put a building on this side of this church right over here. And for years, I know it's been in talks, and we believe and I pray that this is a time. I want everybody that will right now, just as we, would you come and would you lay your hand on our pastor? Would you just come and put your hand upon him right now? And can we pray for him? I know that he's leading us by the Holy Spirit. And we all know that he doesn't want to do anything that's out of God's step or out of the Holy Spirit's will or desire. I just pray right now that you would help me pray and us pray tonight for our pastor right now. This is no time to back down, back off. But instead, this is a time to, to dig in. This is a time to move forward. This is a time to act. They name of Jesus. Mount up the name of Jesus. Thank you. With God. wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Well, I want to pray that. I want you as you're praying for him tonight. I want you to pray. Now, can we pray for ourselves tonight? Can we pray that we'd have a spirit that never gives up, that wants more than anything for God to be exalted, glorified? In our they life and church, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like he goes, we shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. How many of you tonight would say, thank you, Brother Cameron. Thank you for a message that I needed. How many of you are determined? This year is never before. Charlie, we're not going to let go. We're going to go all the way through. We're not going to stop halfway. We're not going to stop three quarters of the way. We're not going to just do it mediocre, average. How many of you are ready to bust through excellence and make it happen for the King? Amen. Want to make it happen for the Lord. What I prayed for right here is, you know, and I, and I, I want to take the time and we're, yeah, I know that some of you tonight, we've been in, you wonder and, and we don't, we haven't been knowing what to tell you as far as the plans and everything that's all laid out. But let me just tell you, there's big news, big news. That's right. I mean, I'm talking like a week, maybe 10 days, maybe when I get back from Alaska. But I will tell you this. I'm literally the, the Lord has worked it out. The plans have been laid and made and the bank has been in contact with me and they've talked with me. We've worked together. We are signing papers to build that building within the week. And it is now. It ain't tomorrow. It isn't next year. It is happening right now. And I believe that God has orchestrated it for this time. I believe, I, I love, when I get down to pray, it's like amazing, Brother Lawton, and you serve with me on the council. You know that we've been praying and seeking God and we have fought every battle you can fight. We have not been lazy. We have not sat back and done nothing. We have been fighting vigilantly. But I'm telling you, the reward is coming. And I am amazed that God is bringing it all to pass on our 100-year anniversary. It's like he's saying, okay, right here, I'm going to give you something to celebrate. We're going to have this new building. We're going to have space. We're going to have ministry. We're going to have a vision of what God wants to do. The Clayton Street mission is being birthed in this place. The mix for young adults is going to be birthed. The youth group is popping and exploding. Half this group right here is these young people. I think we got more to be excited about than we've had in a long time. And it's time for us to get excited about what God wants to do in this church. People are being saved every Sunday morning. We're walking out some Sundays. We don't even know how many got saved. 
You know, I've talked to a pastor not too long ago. He said, brethren, are you praying? Are you praying? That seems like the churches are barren. People aren't getting saved anymore. And I sat back and I looked up and I said, thank you, God. Sometimes we can't even count them. God is saving people. He's sanctifying them. He's filling them with his Holy Spirit. God is doing a great work here. And we've got to be determined that we're going to follow all the way through we're not going to stop halfway. I like what he said about Rebecca. I like that she poured that into her son, didn't she? Because it was Jacob said, I'll wrestle you all night. I'm not going to let you go until you give me a blessing. Some of, we've got to have that kind of determination. We've got to be determined that if God's going to heal our, your body and you're praying for that, you've got to be determined that you're going to go all the way through yeah. until you get to it. Amen. You've got to name it. You know, I'm not saying prosperity gospel, but sometimes we got to call out what God is doing and say we're not going to stop until it's done. Because how many of you know God wants determination? The Bible says when we get to heaven, he's going to look at us and he's going to say, you have overcome them by your faith. Faith. What is it that he says when we stand before him and we're welcomed? Welcome, thou good and faithful servant faithful faithful to hold on faithful not to let go faithful to be determined that's what you need right now and I want to pray over you I want to pray that God will put that down inside you a relentless spirit that's good I felt that all the way to my feet sometimes we stand back and we're we're satisfied with halfway We're going to see it all the way through, and we're not going to stop. We're not going to give up. We're not going to sit down. We're going to go all the way through. You're going to go all the way through with your family. You're going to go all the way through. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit. You're not going to get discouraged. You're going to go all the way through. The devil fighting. How many of you know the devil fights? He's fighting. Of course he's fighting. Come on, say it out loud. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil may have his own plans, but God's got the ultimate plan. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen. I want you to put your hand up on somebody's shoulder standing right there in the altar. If you're standing out there in the sanctuary, would you just politely lay your hand on somebody standing beside you? I want to pray for you right now. There's people in here tonight that have fought the battle of their life this year. There are folks standing on the brink. You're standing right there on the very brink of discouragement, brink of feeling like a total failure. You're standing there on the very edge of your circumstances. And you don't hardly know what to do, but let me remind you of a picture I saw down at Kettering Hospital. And one we've seen on plaques and pictures of the Savior, the Lamb, reaching down and pulling up that little sheep out of the thicket. That's Him tonight. He's going to pull you up and pull you out. Don't you give in now. Don't you give up now. Don't you have come this far. He didn't bring you this far to let you go. God's going to take you all the way through. Pray for those people right now beside of you. Lord, as we come to you tonight, we pray for that anointing that makes the difference, that breaks every yoke of bondage, every discouragement. I pray freedom in this house tonight, Lord. I pray your power to be at work in the lives of your people. 
I pray, God, that you'll birth hope and you'll birth a fresh faith in the lives of your people. God, give us that courage to go all the way through, to not let go and to not give in and to not be stopped. The enemy cannot, cannot stop the work of God. We thank you, Lord, as you have spoken it, so shall it be. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Let victory reign in this house. Let victory arise in the hearts of the people. And let faith, God, be the vehicle we use. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Why don't you lift your hands up to God right where you are and speak out loud. Speak your praise out loud. It's easy sometimes to, to just clap our hands, and that's all right. But I don't want you to, I want to hear the voices of those who are calling out to their God saying, Lord, we won't give in, we won't stop, and we thank you for hearing our word tonight, hearing our prayers tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing us this far. Thank you, Lord, that you're taking us all the way. God, that we're not going to give in and stop. Thank you that we've got victory and glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he goes they shall run and not be weary they They shall walk and not faint teach me lord in my circumstances teach me lord in my circumstances teach me the way and no matter what the enemy throws at you I want you to be determined I mean we're gonna walk in victory because we have already overcome how many of you know this Doug would you give me a little more man I'm 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 screaming up here thank you we have got to be absolutely determined not to give in but to follow what God's already spoken what he's already done Valerie He has already spoken total victory over your life. Quit worrying. Sing that again. They that wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. 
God's word. They shall walk. They shall walk and, and not faint. Michaela, step up. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. To wait. To wait. Step up here. With wings, keep on singing for me. Of eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. The way. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Brittany. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, yeah. Teach me, Lord. Are they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength? They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run. Oh. 
is it? Who is it tonight that needs a healing touch? Someone needs a healing. You, you turn me down again. I need you to turn me back up. If you need a healing touch, I need you right here as quickly as you can. All over the. I feel the Holy Spirit in it. You need a healing touch. Come quickly. Back up a little bit so that people can come in here. You need God to heal you. Not a man to heal you. You need God to heal you. If you need that, I want you to step forward tonight. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Come by faith. Here she comes. Make room so they can get through here tonight. They that wait upon the Lord. Upon the Lord. We'll wait on you. Come shall on renew In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. See, this is what happens when the word is preached. How many of you know that? The word is preached, then the power, the demonstration of the Spirit of God begins to. If you're go, if you need healing, I want you to step up in this area, right here. They shall walk and not faint. Pastor Carolyn Atwood, I want you to come down here. Teach me, Lord. There are all kinds of healing. God wants to touch you tonight. This is a pastor of the Norwood Church down in Cincinnati. She comes very regularly on Sunday nights. I want her to move up here. I want you to come right here. In the name of Jesus. They shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint teach me Lord teach me They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. They shall mount up with wings They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not, not faint teach me Lord teach me Lord I want our ministers all of our ministers to get in here and begin now to pray for these that are standing for healing Let's, we're laying hands on them I want you to the Upon prayer of James chapter 5 praying the prayer of faith over them now let's move in the midst others of you standing around would you just reach up and lay your hand on someone and begin to pray for them for healing they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. 
endless rain. They shall mount up with wings and sing They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord.
inhabit my mind, inhabit my soul, inhabit my spirit, man. I lose control. Inhabit my mind, inhabit my mind, inhabit my soul, inhabit my spirit, man. I lose control. I lose control.
Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer.
Say praise the Lord. We're not going to dismiss the service tonight. You linger and pray, share, talk, hug, do anything that's religious, spiritual before God. We're not going to be dismissed tonight. God bless you. We'll see you in services this week.